Hi, this is Susie McGrath. I play Tam Rivor in Star Wars Resistance, and you're listening to Radio Dakar. Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this episode is all about everything we found out about Star Wars properties from the Disney Plus presentation at D23. Mostly, it will be a breakdown of the trailer for The Mandalorian. We finally have official footage, uh, but I will also touch on the other shows that they uh, discussed other than all the movies and the previous series being available on Disney Plus, we're getting four original series with new episodes on the service. And that is, it's really amazing to think about. When the Disney deal happened seven years ago now, you know, they said, all we knew for sure was that we, they said we would get a, a movie a year that they were going to do seven, eight, nine, and then we'd get standalones. I mean, the plans have changed a little bit. <clears throat> Obviously I'm not sure if they knew they were going to get a streaming service at that point, but here we are. Yes, we did get five consecutive years of movies. We're in the fifth. We're getting more movies after a small break, but we are going to have a gold mine of TV series coming up and it's going to be great. I mean, I'm fine with that being the substitute for the films as much as I love going to the theater and watching. I mean, it's going to be awesome for the first time to sit down and get a weekly live action star Wars TV series and three of them, you know, we've done clone wars and rebels and resistance. And I love all of those shows, but you know, we're, what we're getting is just going to be, mind-blowing especially based on what we saw with the mandalorian so um it won't be a long episode i'll just go through all the news we got and do a breakdown of the trailer and then that'll be it um i'm recording this after the movie panel they did today that wasn't anything um officially revealed with the rise of skywalker other than the, the the new poster uh, the footage that they showed will not be available to the public until the Monday after I'm recording this, so I'm not even going to get into it. Um, I'll stick to officially announced and released stuff, with one exception, but I'll get to that. <laughs> Got my kitty on my lap. How you doing? You good? All right. So uh, let's get into it. Um, now, we did have... Uh, they, uh, real, real quick, there was no other information on it, but the... Seventh season of Clone Wars, Clone Wars Saved, will be in February of 2020. So we've got a little bit after the beginning of Disney Plus to get ready for that, uh, which is fine because I've still got to show Little Han the whole series. We're skipping around doing the Mandalorian episodes right now because I want to talk about that in a future podcast. Um, but yeah, you know, he's he's seen season one. We've got to do all the other seasons uh, before February now, 
so we can be caught up on Clone Wars. Uh, so it's good that we have an official release time. It's going to be February when we get season seven. Um, the Cassian Andor series, the Cassian and K2 series, if you want to call it that, um, they are getting ready to film it. We don't know a release date. We don't know a title. Uh, they were kind of coy about that, but we don't know anything about it. Um, now, based on the that timeline graphic they had on the screen that some people got a uh, shot of, Cassian t- appears to be taking place, at le- I would guess, at least the first season if they do more. I'm not sure how many they'll do. Cassian looks to take place during the time period that Rebels took place, uh, specifically between seasons two and three, if that timeline is to be completely accurate. So I don't know if that'll give any clue as far as, you know, what plots we may involve and who we may see on the show. If you remember the the season two finale was twilight of the apprentice where Ahsoka fought, fought Darth Vader. And then season three involved, um, the, uh, when they were on Adelon, um, as the rebel base. And we, we found out that, um, agent Callus, hot Callus was, um, a rebel spy or, uh, was about to turn. So, you know, there has been some speculation. I think club Jade said it on Twitter today. Could the title of the series be fulcrum because is you know, Cassian, um, taking that mantle from, or the title from Ahsoka, who is presumed dead at this point. Um, and could Cassian and, Callus be fulcrum at this point, so it's possible. Um, it also opens up the possibility, you know, because I thought maybe Cassian would take place before Rebels started, but if it's taking place at the same time, there is a possibility we may see some of those characters on the show. I, th- I think it's a strong possibility we'll see characters from Rogue One. I think we'll see Bell Organa and Mon Mothma and uh, Draven and Radis. I mean, they're all fair game to show up on it. Um, so I think we'll see that. I mean, it would be amazing if there's an episode set on Alderaan and we see Bale and Brea and Leia. Millie Bobby Brown's going to be about the right age, you know. So, um, that, that's just speculation, but that's, you know, about all we found out about the Cassian series. And then, finally, is confirmed, and we can talk about it. It's official. No speculation. There will be an Obi-Wan Kenobi series starring Ewan McGregor. You know, we thought for the longest time it was, it was going to be a movie, maybe a trilogy, but no, it's going to be a series. I mean, it, it, I've heard it's, you know, the rumor is it's going to be six to eight episodes, so not a very long series. So, you know, six hours of a series, it, w- it would be a trilogy of movies. So maybe they're using the same plot. Anyway, and also based, this is not the uh, timeline they showed, but uh, StarWars.com in a wrap-up of the news mentioned that it will be set eight years after Revenge of the Sith. So, you know, you've got eight-year-old Luke there. Um, he It's 11 years before um, the droids show up. So it's, it will be, you know, they didn't give any details. All, they, all we know is that it's happening. Uh, I am so thrilled. I mean, uh, obviously, well, there's plenty of time to talk about the series. Uh, they'll start filming next year, they said. I mean, when I was a kid, and all we had was 
four, five, and six. And, you know, all we knew was that Obi-Wan long ago was a Jedi, fought in the Clone Wars, has been here, you know, waiting for Luke to find him in, in so many ways. And it was all speculation. And then, you know, we got that ending that we expected in Revenge of the Sith when Obi-Wan hands Luke to uh, Owen and Beru and goes off to the desert. And we thought he'd just, you know, spend his 19 years in exile. Um, but there's adventures and stories to be told, so I cannot wait. Um, just, I mean, just you can tell that Ewan truly cares about the character, and, and he, he enjoyed working on the prequels. Is he kind of made fun of them at the time? If you've ever seen, like, when he found out the uh, the episode two title. Um, but you know, he, he's just that kind of guy, but you can tell that he cares about star Wars and he was generally excited to do this and I cannot wait. Uh, but that's, you know, the, the other shows again, we're going to have four shows on this streaming service. It's going to be incredible, but let's run through the Mandalorian trailer. So Mandalorian, uh, it's November 12th. It's coming up. It will, the first episode will debut with the release or the downloading of Disney plus, and we got a 90-second, really a teaser, wasn't much dialogue to speak of. Uh, we did get, um, now, there's music all throughout, and I hope it is the series music, because I liked it. Um, you know, it had some like, nice beats to it. Uh, Ludwig Göransson is going to do the music for the series, or at least the first season. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if they have officially confirmed season two, but it's pretty much going to happen. So, you know, there's plenty of Mandalorian to talk about. And again, I will be reviewing the series, uh, and probably probably any Disney Plus series. Maybe not Clone Wars, just because I'm not as adept at it. You know, like it's been a while since I've seen them all, even though I plan to binge them. But I will review all the live action series. So that means reviews of The Mandalorian are coming up, along with my review of the final season of uh, Resistance. Uh, so. You know, all the little things I can find in The Mandalorian I will pay attention to because I'm sure it'll uh, come into play later. Uh, and, you know, I they never officially released it because it was in crude form, but, you know, was, I did find the um, behind-the-scenes uh, footage, you know, the stuff they showed at Celebration from The Mandalorian. I, like I say, it was never official. Um if you want to, I will refer to Alex at Star Wars Explained. When his trailer breakdown, he he was there at Celebration and saw the footage, and he compares it to what he saw then. So please go listen to Alex um, on YouTube uh, if you want to get that variation of this description. But I'm just going to go through what I thought of the trailer, <clears throat> what I'm excited about. Um, again, I cannot wait to start reviewing this show. It is going to be amazing. And... Yeah, I'll get into one of the some of the whys uh, as far as that goes. So it starts out with you know they got the stormtrooper helmets in the sand, and then on the spikes. It, this you know the series is set about five years after the Battle of Endor, four years after the Battle of Jakku, and the end of the Empire officially. So you know, it's about the you know uh, the galaxy in chaos in many ways. It's lawless. Yes, there's the New Republic, and if you've read. Alphabet Squadron, you know the difficulty they're having setting that up. What? You cannot have my wire, dude. 
bad kitty. Um, so, you know, they're, they're trying to set the government up, but especially in the Outer Rim, where most of the Mandalorian takes place, um, there is no law, there is no rules. And so, you know, some people holding on to the Empire and some people um, being done with it. And I think just the symbolism of the Stormtrooper helmets in, you know, on the ground, on these spikes, shows, you know, just how chaotic it is and what people think the rule of law is in this part of the galaxy. I also love, I mean, the stormtrooper helmets on the ground as the Mandalorian walks by, I mean, they look like skulls. It's almost like the beginning of Terminator two, when they show the war, um, you know, it's just the dead of this bygone era. The, the evidence is still laying around. I thought it was a very powerful shot. Um, then we get the Lucasfilm logo and we get uh, the razor crest, which is the Mandalorian ship. Uh, flying over this forest planet with some um, some rivers, you know. Instantly, my first thought was maybe it's Takodana, and you know, then you're thinking, well, could Maz show up on the show? Because I mean, it makes sense. Bounty hunters and pirates go to her castle. Um, I don't know if it's Takodana or not. There's various, you know, green forested planets in the galaxy. Uh, still looked cool. And um, then on another planet, um, kind of mountainous, maybe it's part of Tatooine, we're not sure. Um, we see his ship docked. There's another one as he's walking towards a little town. Now, I will say they also show, they also released a poster of the Mandalorian, and it looks to, it looks to be Tatooine, that at least part of the series takes place on it. There's the Twin Suns, there's the Sandcrawler, there's the Moisture Evaporators, all the familiar visuals are in that poster so i'm thinking this may be uh, an outskirt town on, um, on tatooine um then we see um i keep calling the mandalorian i might say mando for short um mando uh, again played by pedro pascal um, and i would assume he's under the helmet the entire time uh, except for maybe stunt work uh, but then Grief Karga, played by Carl Weathers, um, is giving him a bounty uh, to go out and find. Um, that that was, if you've seen the, the celebration footage, that that scene was in there. Um, but, you know, with I think we're going to see more of the Bounty Hunters Guild. And then, you know, if you take a job, it's yours. Uh, nobody needs to creep in on it. So the Mandalorian is selecting uh, these jobs to do and is given... Um, given the information in this scene. And then uh, we get a look at another planet, perhaps. Uh, it's kind of rocky. It looks like it has little canyons, depending on the scale of it. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot remember who said it on Twitter, but it almost looks like a brownie. <laughs> like, you know, like when you break, bake a brownie and it's really rigid on top. Um, but, you know, another exotic-looking planet. Uh, maybe this part of Tatooine, we're not sure. Um... But then you see quick shots of Mando gearing up, uh, putting his weaponry on and gauntlets and all that. Um, and then we see him back on a forest planet, probably the same one from earlier in the uh, the, the trailer. And then there's a really cool shot of an Ugnaught who is riding a Blurg, which is an animal we've seen before on uh, they're on Lothal, uh, no uh, Ryloth. We saw them on Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, I think. They might have been on, I think somebody said they might have been on the indoor movies with Ewoks. But anyway, so yeah, that's a really cool shot. Um, there's talk that 
that character may be the one voiced by Nick Nolte, so I'm not sure. Then we get a shot, and I'm glad I didn't do this breakdown earlier because this was totally cool. We see a uh, Twilight woman um, turn back and wink. She's holding a knife. Looks pretty badass. And my first thought was, and especially when people were doing screenshots and GIFs, um, I was like, man, I hope she's just not not just a side, like a background character. I mean, she looks like she'd be a really cool, you know, person with a to have with a few speaking lines. Maybe she confronts uh, Mando. And then we find out this morning that it's Natalia Tenna. She announced it herself on Twitter. She was Nymphadora Tonks in Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's in The Mandalorian, and we didn't even know it. Uh, and it, it made me think instantly, and Katrina, um, Katrina Dennis uh, tweeted out the comparison. You know, when she winks at the camera, it's just like when she winks at the kids in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. I, uh, no, was it Goblet? Not Prisoner. Uh, no, she was in uh, Goblet of Fire. Anyway, yeah, that was totally awesome. Yeah, so that's her, and uh, she was also on Game of Thrones, if you remember. So she, as far as I know, she's the first person to do those three, to do Star Wars, Harry Potter, and Game of Thrones. There have been several people from Game of Thrones, including Pedro Pascal, who have done Star Wars in this new era. Um, I, but I cannot think of anybody else who's done Harry Potter and Star Wars. I'm sure there has been. I'm probably just not remembering well. Um. But yeah, that, that that's awesome. That that's her. So I'm hoping she does have a, kind of a minor role. Um, and then uh, another cool shot of Mandalorian walking. Uh, this and several other shots really give you the sense that it's a western. And uh, I mean, John Favreau said that, and he's inspired by westerns by samurai movies. But I mean, the cinematography is just going to be incredible on the show, and um, to really convey that. But. Um, but yeah, this shot of him walking um, with the sun sunset in the background, uh, highlighting the the hills. And then there's one. I'll skip ahead. There's one shot just a little bit later where he's uh, it's a close up of him tapping his pistol while it's in the holster. Again, with the western motif, it looks great. Um, but then we see a shot of a woman and a child, um, like cowering <clears throat> in fear in a, in a, like waist deep in water. Um, you know, and then they, the next shot is of some death troopers pointing their rifles at somebody off screen. So, you know, the implication is that they're being targeted, but I, I think those are two totally separate scenes, but it makes you wonder, um, you know, the woman or the child, are they the bounty that he's going after? Is he going after someone who's after them so that, you know, he's, you know, indirectly protecting them? Uh, we don't know yet, but I'm sure they'll come into play. Again, we see the death troopers. Um, and then we also get um, Giancarlo Esposito, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. <clears throat> and also, he, he's been in Disney before. He was the magic mirror in Once Upon a Time, if you ever watched that show. And he was also on Revolution. So, I mean, he's amazing on everything he's done. So it is just totally awesome and if you, and, that he's on the show. And it, Find, go on YouTube and find interviews with him. He is not at all like these menacing characters that he plays. He's he's a really cool dude and just kind of, you know, just kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, we see the shot of him. He's wearing uh, 
what looks to be, you know, imp- kitties. Stop it. Uh, he's wearing imperial armor. Um, and kind of skipping ahead, you know, between him and Werner Herzog, it makes me wonder, are they, I don't think they've said officially, but I'm like, are they ex-imperial or are they people who took advantage of the empire crumbling? And then, you know, so, and, and then you have death troopers, you have stormtroopers in the shot too. You know, are they actually troopers under the empire or are they just mercenaries and soldiers who found the armor? So that, that's one thing I, that's the one thing I'm really uh, wanting them to explore on this show because the Imperial remnants, which have been talked about in Lost Stars and Aftermath and stuff like that. Obviously, one of the, the remnants went to the Unknown Regions and became the First Order. But what about all the other ones? So I think we're going to get hints of that here. You know, is this an, is this a true Imperial remnant where it's people who stayed loyal for the last four years? Or is it people who just took up the armor to be menacing? and try to create their own law and order. Um, so Esposito and Herzog's characters, I wonder how they play into that. So that's going to be really interesting to see. I cannot wait to see. Um, and then uh, Esposito described himself as a badass mofo. So, yeah, I just cannot wait to see him um, in more of the series. Uh, we get a shot of a swoop bike at night. Um, there's, like, spotlight shown on it or a flare. Um yeah, the swoop bike. There's just a cool shot, um, and and like I guess still Alex mentioned it on his Star Wars Explained version of the trailer review. It's like something out of Shadows of the Empire, so that was cool. Uh, we see some firefights, um, you know, just some good old Western gunslinging going on, and then got to talk about IG Eleven. We see that shot, the door falling down, and then Mando and IG-11 coming in together. And we get the later shot of IG-11 in the firefight shooting at people. I mean, for someone who, you know, again, all I had was the the three movies when I was a kid. And and the scene with the bounty hunters in Empire and IG-88. And Kenner did a 12-inch figure of him back in the day. And I've had that for years. I mean, you know, you just imagined, like, what what would he be like on a on a bounty hunting mission? You know, we only saw Boba Fett. Um, so all those fantasies I had as a kid, and yes, he was a playable villain, or, you know, you, you went against him as a boss in Shadows of the Empire. But, you, you know, as a kid, I just had all these fantasies of what would he be like in action. And we're getting that now. And so I am so excited... Plus the fact he's voiced by Taika Waititi, who, again, I love everything he does. I will gush about him when his, the episode that he directed airs, and I'll do that review. So I'll save save my total love for Taika later. But yes, the fact he's voicing this character, so hopefully he's recurring and not just in one or two episodes. Um, so yes, I love, and I, I want to get an IG-11 shirt and a figure and everything else, because that is just so awesome to me. Um, uh, we see a shot in space of the racer crest being attacked. So, you know, Mando's got some enemies. Um, and we see him, uh, it looks to be on Tatooine, but it looks like he's using like a really heavy cannon, uh, almost like, uh, like a dirtier version of the one they used in, uh, 
on Hoth when they were trying to stop the Falcon from taking off, and he's shooting at some guys with that, and then we get the shot of IG-11 uh, attacking. Um, and we get a shot in um, like an Imperial office where Werner Hartzog's character is there, and then he's got stormtroopers. Um, the long scene was shown at uh, Celebration also. Um, so, but it's you know, it's kind of teased, but, you know, they just draw their weapons when he walks in. So nothing really happens in that scene. Just a bunch of talking. Um, we, we do see um, Mando getting into a bar fight, apparently, with a Quarren, uh, pulling him by his uh, fa- facial tentacles. And then an amazing shot um, where he, like, knocks him into the doorway. And the doorway is closes like an iris. Um you know, kind of like the Stargate um, shield. Um, and then he blasts the, the controls to make the door shut. So I think he just cut him in half, which, you know, makes you wonder, like, what, what's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be on Disney Plus and we can all watch it, but what's the rating for this series going to be if it's, you know, do they actually show it or, you know, they just show half, you know, like the lower half. Um, yeah, so Mando doesn't fool around. He's going to be pretty ruthless. Um, you know, some kind of anti-hero. I don't think he's a true villain because he's the lead of the show. So yeah, that was that was incredible. Um, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's yeah, he's going to see a lot of action in the series, and it's going to be great. And then, um, really, the last shot to talk about is you see four blocks of carbonite, you know, lined up against each other, and it's. And there's dudes in them. So, um, you know, we don't know if, if, you know, these are other bounties that he's collected that he's trying to cash in on. Um, maybe it's another bounty hunter or something like that. I, you know, and people have talked about it. I do like the idea that once Vader did it to Han, and that's how they got him to Jabba the Hutt, that other bounty hunters were like, that's a really good idea. We should do that. And we know for a fact that Bespin is not the only carbon freezing facility in the galaxy. Um, if you've seen it, they used carbon freezing on the Clone Wars. I won't, if you haven't seen it, I won't reveal why, but we've seen other people frozen in carbonite at other facilities. So, yeah, that, that was pretty awesome that if that becomes, like, the preferred way of capturing your bounty alive, or at least providing proof that you caught them, you know, if you disintegrate somebody, there's nobody, and, you know, how are you going to get paid? So, yeah. And that took me back again. See, that's the thing about the Obi-Wan series and this series. They're taking me back to all the play fantasies I had as a kid when I had just my original trilogy toys, and I was thinking, oh, wouldn't it be cool if this happened with IG-88 or this happened with Obi-Wan? I mean, that, that's, that's why I was starting to get emotional last night after reading all this, because I thought, man, this is... Stuff that I had, yes, we always thought about episode seven and, you know, further adventures like we got in Rogue One, but like, this is stuff I have dreamed about for 35 years and it's happening soon. And I cannot be more thankful for that, for them to, for them doing this. But uh, if any of you had the micro, not the micro machines, but it was the micro collection, they were like little die cast figures and they came with play sets. And they were divided up by world. So you had Bespin World, you had Hoth World, you had Death Star World, and you had the connecting sets, and then you had all the figures that came with them. 
and these were amazing. You had a, the Millennium Falcon, um, the different vehicles. This was a really good, high quality set of toys. Um, again, my, you know, just little micro figures. So the play sets didn't have to be huge, but uh, in Bespin world, you had the carbon freezing chamber and it came with Han, um, shackled and then a Boba Fett and a Darth Vader and a Lando and a Lobot stormtroopers. And then it had Han in a block of carbonite and it actually had a play feature where you could lower Han down and then twist a little plat, uh, little thing and then bring up the carbonite form. So, you know, as I'm playing with that, I would put other figures down there and have the, and pretend that they're the ones frozen in carbonite. It'd be like, oh, couldn't have just been Han, you know? Uh, so maybe Lando got froze or Vader got froze. So we're getting to see other guys get frozen in live action. And that that's awesome. I'm, I'm just going to be really giddy with this series, I can tell. So and that, was, that was it for the trailer. And uh, again, the music was great all throughout. And then um, they had that really cool reveal of the the official logo is like the Mandalorian's cape go, uh, blows off to the side. Uh, but that's it. That's the Mandalorian trailer. Maybe we'll get another one before November 12th. Um, but if not, and I, I'm so ready for this, uh, if you're excited for this and you're going to be following along and listening to reviews, I don't know if it's going to tie in or not. Um, but I'm, tr- I'm, going back and watching any episode of the animateds and reading some literature that anything that's officially canon for the Mandalorians, because, you know, we don't know yet. Is he truly from Mandalore or is he just taking up the armor as, you know, to, to strike fear visually? We don't know that yet, but just to cover my bases, I'm, I'm doing a, you know, research on Mandalore so that I can do a, a podcast episode about that before November. Um, so hopefully you'll be interested in that. I will say, um, she wasn't in the trailer, but we did get confirmation that Ming-Na Wen is in the series. And that is great. She is like, uh, before when people have asked online, like, you know, which five actors would you love to see in a Star Wars? She's always been on my list. I mean, she loves Star Wars anyway, and she has said that she would like to be in it. Maybe she was, maybe she already knew that she was getting this. But she's always been at the top, uh, near the top of my list because I think she's a great actress. She was awesome on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, she was Mulan. Uh, she's done other stuff. And for diversity reasons, it would be great for an Asian-American actress to be on the, in, in any Star Wars. So, yeah, she, um, Bob Iger confirmed that she's on the series. We don't know yet who she's playing. Now, for some speculation... John Favreau also said, you know, it's not, it's, it's new characters, you know, we're not, you know, so don't expect Boba Fett, but we still got to wonder if it does tie into Mandalore, are we going to get like people like Bo-Katan at, you know, Katie Sackhoff has been denying, you know, is playing coy because of the, you know, non-disclosure agreements and all that. So could we get, get her as Bo-Katan? I'll just say that Ming-Na Wen would make an excellent Ursa Wren, Sabine's mom, who, you know, as far as we know, she's still alive in this era. So uh, that would be great if um, that's who she's playing. If, if she's playing somebody else, uh, that's great. Uh, I'm just so glad that she's on the show. I mean, this is such a stacked, solid cast, and I cannot wait to talk about each of them uh, week by week. 
I didn't even mention Gina Carano's character, Cara Dune. She was in the trailer. How'd I skip that? Um, yeah, we, I mean, we only see like a shot of her, but we've known so, some about her. Um, I, I think she, and, oh, and I didn't mention the, wow, I skipped over some stuff because um, we see her presumably on that forest planet. And then we also see some shots of, oh, I know why I didn't write it down. It was too dark on the copy. I was, <laughs> when I was watching the, Mandalorian online to make my notes. It was too dark and I didn't notice it. Um, they encounter an ATST on that forest planet and it's firing at them at night. And so that goes into, you know, there's a leaked image of for triple force Friday, October 4th, 5th, I believe there's going to be a Lego set from the Mandalorian of an ATST uh, with the Mandalorian Cara Dune and a couple of weak thugs. And um, I'm thinking about buying that because we'll be at the beach on vacation, uh, buying that set. And then little Han and I will do a, uh, like a build and uh, post video and pictures. Um, Cause I'm really excited about that set. Um, so yeah, yeah, Gina Carano and everybody else who's on the show. There's just so much to talk about with that, but uh, that, that's, I think I covered everything I was wanting to for now. So I'm going to wrap it up. Needless to say, I'm so excited about this and every other series for star Wars. They're doing on Disney plus cannot wait. Um, so hopefully you're as excited as me. And um, again, feel, um, I will be reviewing. So I hope you'll listen, tune into those. Um, I'll do them, you know, just a few days after each of them air. Uh, once I've had time to, you know, make some good notes and give my thoughts on it. Um, but that's it for now. Um, again, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find me as always on social media at Radio Dakar. Uh, all the Radio Dakar episodes are on most major podcast platforms, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Overcast. Uh, it's hosted through Anchor, uh, anchor.fm or the app. Um, but thanks for listening. Cannot wait to go on this journey with you for The Mandalorian and for the other shows. Until next time, may the Force be with you.